0: That's your day-to-day run the business function. And then if I think about the grow the business type of initiatives, Mm. that's where we're going to ask team members to play different roles.
1: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, which means this is our hashtag one big idea episode. In these episodes, you'll hear some of the best big ideas from incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go.
2: Welcome to the Flip My Phone Podcast. Uh, this has been a long <laughs> in waiting podcast. I think Kira, Alex, and I have been on a chain for an email, I think like four months in a row, and like, hey, let's do this. We're going to try to do this in the office, then we're going to do this somewhere else. Everything just didn't happen in time. So finally, we're just on a Zoom call, and we're going to just talk about it. We're going to talk about the role of a modern CMO, what it takes to hire amazing people in marketing, and what's the most exciting and scary thing in a modern customer journey. So Kira, Alex, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
2: All right. So I know each of you in a different way, and I love for you guys to introduce a little bit more and share a little bit more about you. But as you introduce yourself, like Kira, with you know, you're obviously CMO at QS Symphony, you have been at Dell Secureworks, you've done so many great things. Alex, you're the CMO at Secureworks, and clearly you guys know and have you've been at HP and, and so many amazing companies. So you both bring startup, a big company, mid sized company, a lot of those experiences together. So as you share a little bit about your personal journey as part of the introduction, love for you to end your introduction with a fun fact that you want to share with everybody. So, Kira, would you go first?
1: Sure. Thank you for having me. So, I am currently the CMO of QA Symphony, and we actually are just in the process of going through a merger with um, a company by the name of Tricentis, also in our space, Austrian-based company. So, you'll start hearing more about Tricentis and less about QA Symphony in the the coming months. (laughs) and I have been in this role now since October. And uh, really, I've spent probably about 20 years now in B2B tech, ranging from startups all the way to multi-billion dollar um, organizations, and working in really across the globe and in various worldwide functions. Before coming over here, I was at SecureWorks for a few years, and there I had the pleasure of working with alex she was my cmo there so we we definitely go a little ways back and then in terms of a fun fact well i was born on leafier day how's that
2: oh wow i don't know if i should be happy for you or not on that because it's only for every four years Uh, so i'm assuming there's like a grand bonanza uh, like birthday kind of thing every four years
1: yeah it's a month-long
0: celebration when it comes around
2: (laughs) that is amazing
0: oh, i'm surprised you don't celebrate your half birthday i knew somebody who who's at the same thing and they ended up celebrating their half birthday just to split things up a little bit <laughs> i still celebrate every year but
2: you know, why
0: not <laughs> why not all right alex hey everybody i'm alex goby the cmo of SecureWorks. i've been here for uh coming up on almost two years maybe two years in december i had the immense pleasure of working together Kira here, hear, so she and I do go a little back and uh, have a lot of things in common and really enjoy connecting and continuing to, to network and collaborate together. Previously to secure works like Kira, I've been in both professional services and B2B tech for my entire career. I started in advertising, then in spent many years in management consulting, and then the last, I would say, 15 years uh, truly in marketing. And I think about that experience in the advertising and the consulting is what I like to really, and why I love marketing, but what I also portray myself as, is I love the magic that happens when you combine creativity with deep analytics. And I think marketing really allows you to do that. And so those are, that's kind of how I view the world and, and kind of my background. In terms of a fun fact, by my accent, I don't know if you'd recognize it, but I'm originally from Europe. So I still do not have a U.S. passport, but my son, who was born here, ends up having four passports so there's,
2: there's- <laughs> <back> for you. <laughs> oh, wow. No, you, you, I can. I did not pick that up of having like how long have you been in the States?
0: In and out for many years, this time around uh, since 2001, but I'm originally from Belgium.
2: Gotcha. I would say from Louisiana for some reason, but uh, that, <laughs> that would have been fun. All right. So, you know, you both are the, the leaders in when it comes to modern CMO. You guys are changing the way marketing is and are seeing it and i have seen it in almost all forms of the organization. And this is something that we have talked in and out on the podcast And I still don't think we have nailed it yet. And I think we still are exploring this idea of like, what is the role of a modern CMO? How do each of you define that and think about it?
0: I can start that one Kira, if you'd like, and I'd love to give your perspective. And I know you and I have shared these challenges, but in my experience, first of all, the marketing function and the art of marketing has certainly changed and evolved a lot over the past, I would say five to 10 years, like any function uh, driven by digitization. I will say though, there are still very ingrained, very, very strong ingrained perceptions about what marketing is. And it's, it's usually a combination. Oh, you, you do events, right? And, and you make things look pretty. And so there is a continuous, I would say, uphill battle um, that we face in just educating our peers in the value that we bring to the table, both on what I would say the strategy part, in terms of understanding the market and understanding the market segments and where to prioritize and how to message and position value, and then of course on the awesome execution that we can do to really make sure that the solution, the technology, the service that we're that we're messaging and bringing to market um, has an impact.
1: So I agree with all of that, and I think there's just a couple things to add. Working at Symphony has really, truly, you know, it's kind of the embodiment of what a modern CMO needs to be, and that is someone that is very, very data-driven. You know, I think over the years, I have used data to make a lot of, well, pretty much all key decisions in terms of what we need to do from a strategy perspective, but now for the last eight months, we live and die by the data. We have weekly targets, monthly targets, quarterly targets, very, very tight alignment with with sales and really marketing. I think as a modern CMO, as a modern marketing team, we're critical to to being part of the whole revenue engine. And it's really not just the
0: art, but it's very highly the the science. The science, yeah. Yeah. Very, very scientific. I, I would totally agree with Kira. I mean, I think that the ability that we have today to be able to track and measure every single touch point, engagement point, and to really show return is an amazing tool that the modern CMO has to absolutely leverage.
2: Yeah. So let me challenge you both on this one, because this is what I hear several times, that brand drives demand. Like, so there's the other thought to all of this, and you see that with You know, companies like Drift and Hypergrowth, where they pretty much have been built around brand. You think about Salesforce. I mean, I was at Salesforce with the acquisition of Fardot, and I've seen how much, how analytical they are. But the brand, like in every conversation, it almost felt to me when I was even at Salesforce that brand decision kind of were more looked upon as, as much more important thing to do. Well, everything else was, I mean, everything was measured, but brand really superseded more than that. So when I think about category leadership, when I think about companies who are moving in the direction, how, and at the same same exact time, this is the call that I had this morning with Bindu, who I work with uh, at Internap, and she was a brand marketer, and she now reports to a CRO in the healthcare company she's with. And she literally said this morning before this call, I was on a call with her, and she said... She has made the leap from being a brand marketer to a revenue marketer. So, when you said revenue marketing, like it, that, that's the thought that came through me.
1: I agree. I, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I think without brands, don't have demand. But at, at the same time, I think now with the technology that, that we have available to us, you can also measure and quantify, and and really put a lot of science be, behind. You know, once you get your branding and your messaging and your story right, and something that you can get the whole company behind, um, and make sure that you're really addressing your customers' pain points, and you have that that strong you know brand that you're building, it is still there's still science.
2: So brand is the so precursor the- to demand. Is how or demand and revenue generation is how you would say if if somebody starting out today is, is a new CMO jumping into this role. And does not have a brand. Would should they be focused on first building the brand and then? Well, not...
1: I mean, absolutely, you have okay. to know who you are and what it is, you know, what what it is that you're delivering, and, and have that conviction about why you're better than than the competition. So, you absolutely have to start with a brand and a message in order to be able to effectively.
0: Yeah, the analogy Sangram, I, I would make there is the old saying that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Peter Drucker, and and, yeah. I, I, and I think brands... In a certain sense, ha- plays that same role. I wouldn't go as strong as maybe you know eats marketing for breakfast kind of thing, but think about the brand. It's not just the logo; it's the values, it's your purpose, it's your mission, it's the emotional embodiment of of what you represent as a company. And I do think it is kind of it surrounds everything that you do in marketing and. And it is much more, you know, the brand values need to be lived out and not, you know, marketing can enable that. Yeah. But really the entire company needs to, just like the company values, they need to portray the brand and what that means, right? It's not just the logo. It's not just the colors. It really is the experiences that anyone will have in engaging with your company.
2: Yeah, I love that. So let's talk about, this is one area where, I get ton of questions about it and I, I don't even know where to begin. And, and, and the question really is that who do I hire in marketing? What do I look for in marketing? Because things are changing so fast. Like it also feels like marketing is one of those functions where almost everyone is a specialized. Like I can't say like sales, like, hey, give me five of those type of people or in customer success. Oh, I want five of these type of engineering. Oh, I need somebody who works on Ruby on Rails. I need 10 of, Ruby on Rails developers, it feels like marketing as a function seems to be very, very specialized and the upward mobility for a lot of people becomes really limited because if you're a great content marketer, you're not going to be in graphics and it's hard for you to get. I'm, I'm hearing that as an upward mobility is really hard. So for aspiring CMOs, for people who are who want to be a CMO one day like you guys are, like what, what do you recommend? What are the skills that you need to become a modern CMO?
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh... I agree with you that the function requires a combination of a lot of specialties, right? You brought up graphic design, you've got really good copywriting, that's needed and that's on the creative. You sometimes you need a lot of technical expertise with our marketing stacks that yeah. we have. You've got general project management skills that are needed. So in that sense, I agree with you. And, it, and it's, it's, it's actually, it's really fun to be able to bring together that diversity to create really, really good marketing. In my years of experience, though, Sangram, I will tell you that I will hire and look for attitude and curiosity and ability to learn and grow over the technical or the specific expertise that somebody has. So that's kind of my point of view. Yes, you do want to make sure that you have somebody with content management skills, graphic design skills, you know, PR skills, whatever that bring that kind of expertise. And you really need as well the, am I curious? Do I want to collaborate? Do I, can I collaborate? Do I have kind of critical thinking skills? Just those, what I call core competencies. Yep an attitude to be successful in that. And I personally look for those over anything else.
2: Yeah.
1: I agree. I think right now for me, it's really important that I have people on my team that, you know, have that curiosity to keep on learning and, you know, marketing is changing. If we look at what we were doing five years ago, or 10 years ago, so much has evolved. And I really, for me, it's important to have uh, people on my team that have that same level of curiosity that they can say, on top of things, keep on changing, you know, change is a constant thing. But I think you asked, like, how do you get on the path to become a CMO? Yeah. And, you know, from my personal experience over the years, I worked across all of the various specialized, mm. maybe not all, but many, 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 many. So it gave me a taste for, you know, what is the role of marketing holistically um, and really understand some of the, the challenges of each distinct function and that has also helped me to hire for those functions and I, and I think you know working with my teams there there's definitely that has been a positive because I do have an appreciation for how things need to get done and you know yeah. timelines and complexities and so forth rather than maybe coming you know just from a product marketing perspective or you know just one like a branding discipline or, or, yeah. or whatever so I think as a you know as someone who's starting out in marketing my advice is dabble, right? Try a whole right. bunch of stuff on for size, see what fits, see where your passion is. What I learned over the years is that I'm much more drawn towards the operation side, the the demand science, if you will, and I'm far less excited about things like PR, as an example, right? So I just make sure to hire people that are way better than I am Mm. in those areas where I'm not. Right.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with Kira. The last point that she made especially is you need to be as a CMO, very, very comfortable hiring people that know way more than you ever will on a particular area, and that will make for a strong team. I would say the other piece of advice that I would give is, especially in today's economy, your team is not just your core team that reports to you. It's your contractors that you use and really having a good team of on-demand contractors that you can use to kind of scale up, scale down. Yeah, It's your extended team in the organization with what I would call sister functions, whether Mm -hmm. it's in finance and really deep analytical skills that you might need or in IT, you know, we have HR business partners, finance business partners, IT business partners that we absolutely consider part of the core marketing team. And then last but not least, surround yourself with really, really good advisors. So think about your team in a multidimensional way and not just kind of what what do you need to hire full-time as an employee?
2: I love that. You know, you both made yeah. great points around uh, the attitude, curiosity, collaboration, holistic view of things. It almost makes me wonder, because I, I, I mean, I know a ton of really amazing content writers today. And, and they're the biggest challenge that they face today is, oh, everybody's want because they're so good at it. They just get how oh, you need to write more content, write more like there's not enough content. So you just keep doing it. And they're having hard time to say, you know what, I've done that enough. And I, I know I'm good at this, but now I want to go and work with somebody on Demand gen, right? And learn that. So one, when you're really good at something, it's really hard to not do that. So I look at myself, I'm so less than average in almost everything, which is why I feel like I got an opportunity to do what I do. Because like, that guy's not good at any of these things. So maybe let's just push it. in. No, the, no, no, no. But, but, the, but the reality is, I'm not a good writer. I'm not a good, I'm definitely not a graphic designer. I'm not, like when I, I'm not a pure numbers guy in, in a way. I feel like I have a decent sense of it, but I, I I think I have great attitude and curiosity and collaboration. Like those are the things that I do, I have and I look for it. But when I try to hire for, those are important, but I also hire for very specialized things and it's hard to see them. It's painful to see them not grow into a more management role because they're so good at it. And I don't know if I'm articulating it that this well enough, but I, I see the pain in a lot of young marketers today where they're so good at something. If somebody's really good at social media, like, oh, keep doing that, right? If somebody's good at product marketing. Well, keep creating press releases and product marketing and sales enablement content. It almost feels like we're not. I, I, I'm trying to create more opportunities for them to do different things, but I also right. see the hard part of it.
1: But I think a lot of that, you know, we are all, you know, we're kind of in control of our, our destiny, right? So. Yeah. Yes, you may be an excellent social media marketer, but if you have, you know, different interests or, or aspirations, this is where you have to partner with your leadership team and talk about your future goals and figure out how can you maybe, yes, I'm responsible for social media today but I'm also interested in web. Yeah. So how can I start taking on maybe some special projects to, to learn a little bit more, to do a little bit more? So, And you know, what, and if those opportunities don't necessarily rest within the company that you're working, there's so many volunteer opportunities or other things that you could That's do right. to, to expand your horizons and get the experience in ways that maybe your current company isn't um, able to give you. But yeah, you, know, so it's you, on you. you definitely yeah. have to figure out creative ways. It's, it's on you, right? Yeah. It's, it's on you to make that happen.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with Kira. I think um, it, it's definitely on you and on you to have those conversations with your leadership team to express interest and, and using tools like, you know, internally we use strength finders, mm. which really looks like what are the characteristics that you're really, really good at? Are you more of a strategic thinker? Are you a relationship person? Are you an activator? Are you very focused? And then trying to find opportunities use those skills, those strengths in other areas. And I think marketing offers that opportunity. I think about all the campaigns and projects and initiatives that we have. And, you know, I'm sure Kira does this too, is I asked a number of people on my team to wear multiple hats. Yeah. You have your day job and that's your day-to-day run the business function. And then if I think about the grow the business type of initiatives, Mm. that's where we're going to ask team members to play different roles and to be able to try on at lower risk because they still have their run the business job, different skill sets. I love that. Absolutely.
2: I love that. All right. So uh, let's get to the, the, the fast and furious round on this one. All right. So I want you guys to share, you both to share. The most exciting and the most scary thing about the modern customer journey. And I can I can I can start if, if that helps. Sure. So, all right. So I think I heard about this yesterday or the day before yesterday, where I was listening to somebody else's podcast, and they were talking about that the whoever was getting interviewed, they said they have a five-year-old daughter, and she is asking Alexa, and for some reason there's an app that's connected to Alexa, and the app is telling her if the dress is a good dress, and if it fits her well, and she looks beautiful or not. And and the, the person who was getting interviewed said, it was so scary as a mom, that my daughter is asking a robot an algorithm that I don't know who and what created to get views on her as a person. And before she goes out of the house, and she's five, and is this the world, the technology? So What's exciting and and really scary for me, because I have a daughter and a son, and I think about like, well, what are we use Alexa for all for all kinds of stuff? And and that's just exciting, but also super scary. So I'll start there. And then I'd love to see where you guys take this.
1: So, I mean, I think for me, it's, it's kind of in the same theme as yours. And exciting and scary is just how quickly things are evolving and changing. If I look specifically at the discipline of marketing and, you know, where were we, I don't know, 12 years ago when we were still questioning whether marketing automation was something that the company needed, whereas today that's kind of table stakes. So I think the exciting part is that we know that in our field, things are going to be constantly evolving, technology is getting smarter, we can do so much more with data, and that is very, very exciting. The scary part is, you know, for those individuals that maybe are not as keen on change or staying on top of that, you will become obsolete Mm. if you don't get, you know, keep up with it and maybe even try to get ahead of it. So I think that's both the, you know, the good and the bad. And and you have to really embrace it
0: and and be curious and be open to change.
2: Right. That's great. All right. Bring us home, Alex.
0: Yeah, I I mean, there's so many ideas that go through my mind and just it's all driven by, you know, where we're going as an economy, a digital economy and and what that represents. And on one side, all the data that we have at our disposal and the ability technically that we would have to do massive custom, you know, customization. On a, on a grand scale. And the flip side of that, the scary side of that is that we can get so enamored with and, and sucked into the data and the possibilities of the technology and right. really scary lose sight about what is it we're really trying to do? Yeah. And what is it that we're really trying to say? And just kind of those, we lose sight sometimes. And I see that we all do it. We lose sight of just basic, yeah. right? Get so enamored by the, the possibilities of the technology. Yeah. Yeah taking a step back and saying, what am I trying to do? What do I really, what is foundational to my success? Yep. Then and, and then bringing in the right technology to enable that. I think.
2: Yeah. We yeah. sometimes lose completely. Uh, like where are we going to, why? Like maybe sometimes we also lose the why, in all why? Of using
0: the why. Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. So to finish this off, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you both of you to share a challenge with the listeners. Um, so let me, as you think about that let me try to wrap up with some of the things that i've learned i've taken like two pages of notes notes here so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do justice to all the amazing thoughts that we had so uh, and then as we wrap up i love for each one of you to share one challenge you guys ready all right. Sounds good. All right. So the few things that I've learned from this is I love, Alex, when you started off saying that, hey, look, the, the role of a modern CMO is really yeah, almost a crossroads of creativity and deep analytics. And I think that that's pretty profound because, you know, one, you could go really to the deep end on one side or the other. And it's really to get that's where the magic happens. So I, I love that. And we also talked about like without brand, when we started talking about it, like without brand. You don't have demand. So if you're starting off today as a new CMO, thinking about it, and if your company does not have the brand presence, Kira, I think, and you made the point around, like you have to stand with, start with brand and message and make sure that your brand is there so that that's when you can actually truly start creating demand. Don't reverse that. We talked about, you know, what, what brand really is. Uh, we went on the culture, eat strategy for breakfast, which is one of my favorite quotes, by the way, Peter Drucker, one of my favorite authors. But you also mentioned, which I totally agree, and believe is that brand is the emotional embodiment of who you are and and how people perceive you. So I think that was a really great call out in terms of hiring people for, you know, if you're an aspiring CMO or somebody who's just up and comer in marketing sales, really doesn't matter. I think this is true across the board. People hire for attitude, people hire for curiosity, people hire for collaboration. And we hope we, I mean, almost the skill set is like, yeah, we expect you to know your stuff like you know that's that's part of it but really what we're really looking for as as aspiring C- CMOs or just leaders is do you have the right attitude do you have the right curiosity are you ready to collaborate and then the pain that i feel for a lot of people when i talk to young younger marketers who are trying to be on the path of CMO they get really frustrated it's like hey look everybody's just pushing me to be good at the same thing. And I'm doing that for the last three years and I'm, I'm done with it. I want to do more. And maybe you need, to, you need to change jobs. Maybe you need to, Kira, you shared that. Maybe you need to find volunteer stuff so that you can explore and have better access to those things. But it's, it's really on you. Don't put it on your employer and the company and your boss for all of it. You can reach out to them and ask for it. But if you don't ask for it, the chances are you're never going to get that chance. And if you ask for it and if you don't, maybe you need to look for other ways to expand it because if you want to grow up in the the CMO world, you do need to have a much more broader view of what marketing is all about. So I think that's true for so many. And the last part that I want to close on, the big part, I think Alex, you, you shared this was, and I really love this because I don't think many people think about it. Part of your organization is all about running the business and you need to empower people and teams to think about growing the business. So the day-to-day run the business mentality, and then do you have initiatives and projects around growing the business? I think that is a really big idea. I, I don't think most marketer and marketing organization or most teams think about it. People get overwhelmed with just running ideas, like you can do 10 webinars, like, you know, if you get good at it, but it's like, well, is that growing your business? Is it growing your brand? So I thought that was great. So that's some of the highlights. I'm sure there are a lot more in there, but I'd love, Kira, for you to kind of share your challenge and Alex to kind of bring us home with your challenge.
1: I think it's really important, you know, regardless of whether you're focusing brand, demand, operations, process, whatever it may be. I think as marketers, we have to really embody the voice of the customer and and really remember, you know, what it is that, why are we here and, and who are we doing this for? You know, at the end of the day, we want to solve a a certain pain point for our customer. Um, It is not about us and the product and the cool thing that we may think is really cool, but it's really getting very close to your customers and and really understanding their challenges and and their world and being able to take that and and kind of translate it and bring it back into the, and I think that is really critical
0: for for growth and, and relevancy. Love it. I totally agree with Kira. I think it's so easy to get sucked into the day-to-day functions and to spend time with your team. And I find myself challenging myself regularly is to go out and talk to customers, right? Yeah. Sometimes we're not at that front line of talking to customers as salespeople are. And so that's I totally, totally agree. Like this best challenge, <laughs> Kira is actually in the listeners. that the one that I would just as well impart is is what two of my top leaders have, have shared with me over the years is this concept of ruthless prioritization, mm. be strategic with how you're running the marketing function and, and strategy and being strategic means is more about what you're not going to do. And then about what you're going to, and really picking the thing that one or two or three max things that you're going to Hang your hat on and prioritize, and that's really, really hard. Yeah, we do get pulled into so many areas, but that's just something that I I keep you know thinking of as well as how do I just ruthlessly prioritize?
2: I love that. I think that's a great note to finish this on. Is like go and maybe look at the list of things that you're doing and start scratching off, saying I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. Like you know, and and focus and see where your list comes up. Like. I think about, chat
0: with the customer instead.
2: Yeah, chat with the customer. Yeah, finally go and do what you're supposed to do from the get-go. So Alex, Kira, thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to pull this together. And I know a lot of people are gonna learn a lot from this podcast. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player.